This is the We Fish with Phoenix Boats podcast, built by anglers for anglers. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of We Fish with Phoenix Boats podcast. I'm your host, Tim Trockenbrot. Uh, with me, as always, is my co-host, Brian Travis, and today... We've got a man who's been very busy picking up trophies, Mr. Justin Lucas, coming on the show. J- Justin's been on fire lately. Uh, I don't think anybody can argue that. So not only has he been on fire recently, but this kind of completes the the circuit for him, right? I mean, he's got career mm-hmm. wins in every major category, um, and and two of them closing out in the last month. Yeah, that's so, pretty solid to go one twenty eight and one. Yeah, uh, man, what a way to put a, a nail in the coffin on this year. Well, in one twenty eight and one, it's in two different circuits. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty pretty upstanding. And, and how many boats are in that FLW Super Tournament field? Mm-hmm. I mean, goodness gracious, there's a lot of boats, a lot of competitors you're going against. Well, that and the mindset, too, to go from a every fish counts to back to five fish. Yep. And to do it, you have you have that one event where, oh, it's 28th. Yeah, you're you know figuring it back out. Nope, I'm going to go ahead and win the next one. That's right. I mean, that was crazy. And, and his reaction um, whenever he saw the weights pop up on the screen – was just indescribable. If mm-hmm. you didn't see it, you need to go find it. Find a YouTube video, find it in the archive, something, and watch that little 45-second, one-minute clip. Um, you could just see the raw emotion come through him as he sees and, and realizes that he's won it. Oh, yeah. We were watching in the conference room. Everybody had it up on the big screen, and it was uh, it was cool to see. It was cool to see him pull out Sturgeon Bay. I mean, that was – I mean, broke records for MLF. It was impressive, but then to go in less than a month later and win another one. Oh, yeah. And, and of course, both of them – Kind of fish similar, mm-hmm. you know, same kind of pat- pattern, same tackle. Um, you know, you and I have talked about it. I guarantee he didn't change anything other than uh, changing what lake he's on on his graphs. I mean, no. And Berkeley Flatworm played again. Yep. I've been seeing it time and time again. But the other thing we saw, and we heard it on some FLW Live, was was the boats and how the Phoenix was handling some of that rough water. We saw yep. Alton Jones Jr. Uh, out there. Russ Lane was in the top 10. Um, and then, obviously, Justin runs a 921. But – to see that uh, that event really showcased not only a, a bait that played, but a boat that played. Right. And, that, I mean, we're a little biased, but it's a factor. It's a factor when you're out there on the water and uh, and having the tools to do the job. Well, it is a factor because, you know, not only do you, you need to have some comfort to it, but you've got to have the confidence. When you're on big water like Erie, mm-hmm. you have to have confidence in your equipment that it'll get you where you need to go and get you back safely. Um, so it does come into play, and we might be biased, but guess what? They're talking about it. Yep. So, right. and, and and it was really kind of cool to show what those waves. I mean, people think okay, five or six footer, and you you look at a wall and you say, hey, I'm six foot tall, whatever. But that's not just the wave. There's a trough that goes down, yep. so it goes down just as far as it goes up. So that five footer is really ten foot when you're at the bottom of those troughs. I mean, it's a uh, it takes some skill to be out there. It does. It takes skill, and I, I me personally. I don't want to. Mm-hmm. I mean, we get out here and we we get a big wind on Gunnersville, and you get some three three and maybe a four footer at, at most. And that I'm ready to go back. Well, it's crazy, and and I think that's the mindset of a professional angler. Uh, you and I are everyday anglers. We fish on the weekends, whatever. But they make everything a calculated decision, and it's not fear that would play into can I make this run? Right. They know that they can make that run. Uh, you and I would be like, ah, I'm going to stay here by the ramp. Let's just see if we can catch some retreads. Well, and even thinking through the process, you know you're dealing with big water. You know you're going to deal with weather uh, when you're up there on those northern lakes. So 
calculating your practice, Mm -hmm. knowing that you have to be ready for the wind to shift, knowing you have to be ready for a a spot to be blown out on a certain day and things like that. Um, it all, it it goes down to how they break down that lake and get ready. Oh, the practice time, looking at weather reports. I mean, you know, if it's a 10 mile wind out of the Northeast, you're probably going to be all right. It blows more than that. And then it's, it becomes a whole different time to go to plan B, C or D. Yep. Um, so it was, it was really cool to see him put it together. He knew from the start, um, I heard him talk about, I'm not going to make the run to take clear. It's not going to be one there. He was confident in that, um, and made it work right there in Lake Erie and actually one, two and three made it work right there. It is. And another thing, you know, I always think about this anytime they're fishing around Sandusky, it's hard to, hard to not think about Tommy boy and Callahan break parts and stuff. But, <laughs> I've heard so many references <laughs> for Tommy boy this week, but just the quality of fish. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, like I said, you may not see a lot of bites, but I, I think it was, it was tremendous to show the quality that they, that they brought in every day. Oh, I think he said, uh, his best day, he was expecting to get eight bites. Yeah. I mean, that sounds like a flipping tournament. It does. Uh-huh. And, and to, to take the weather into account. So you're out there all day, five and six footers to get eight bites. Mm-hmm. You know, I practice a spot here locally and if the wind's blowing me out of it and I don't even see any white cap and I'm moving on. Right. So. No, it's, uh, those guys are on a different level. Um, and it's good to see, uh, him back on top. I know he, uh, mentally he's got to be in a good place. He's very, he's very calculated, but, to to have some wins, to have some, um, I mean, really it's momentum. He's a momentum driven guy. And, yeah. and you see that in the way his finishes, I mean, five checks in a row. Pretty solid. Well, it is, and to see the determination. You and I have talked to him throughout this season several times, even on personal levels, and you could always just hear the determination in his voice that he was locked in, he was going to keep fighting, keep scrapping, and to see that pay off is, is huge. It is, and one of the things I really, really like and appreciate about Justin is he doesn't sugarcoat anything. If he sucks, he's going to tell you that. If he's on him, he's going to tell you he's on him. I mean, he does not like fluff. He doesn't like anything. Tell him how it is. He's going to tell you how it is, and he's very matter-of-fact and straightforward. And, I mean, man, two two in a month. Yeah. Happy Lucas household. That's right. You know it is. Um, so, no, let's see if we can dial him up. Uh, I know he's got uh, some errands around today. He's going to try to get him on the phone here, and let's uh, catch in with Justin Lucas. All right. At Phoenix Boats, our passion for fishing is obvious. Whether it's a pro event or fishing with our family and friends, we truly love the sport of fishing. That's why our goal is to make every single Phoenix boat that goes out the door the best fishing platform it can be in both design and construction. We love to fish as much as anyone, and we believe it shows in every boat we build. Phoenix Boats, built by anglers for anglers. All right, everybody, welcome back. Um, I'm not going to even list all your accolades. We're just going to call you angler extraordinaire Justin Lucas on the phone checking in from you back in Gunnersville. I am, man. I'm, I'm home, and it feels amazing to be home. We are running a few family errands, going to visit uh, Bree's grandma, and just kind of hanging out. So, all good. It's, it's got to be a little bittersweet coming home after a, a run like you've had up north to see to see it end, but then at the same time, you want to come home and see everybody. Yeah, it has been a busy summer. You know, we started back the first week of June, and it's literally felt like it's been every you know, every other week since then. So I do, I'm ready for a little break right now. Um, but I've got one more NLF cup event and that is in October and then that'll be it for the year. So not going to jump into any Toyota series. No, you know, I thought about it. I mean, maybe small possibility, but, uh, yeah, I just, I got, I got a lot of work to do this off season and, 
Oh, I don't know. I, I just haven't fished any of those in a while, so I'm, I'm probably won't, you know, unless I feel like I really need to. Well, I'll, I'll go ahead and pencil you in for next Wednesday night at 5.30 at the Bass yeah. Club ramp at Tim's Ford. Yeah, what, what's the entry for that thing? It's, it's pretty high rolling. It's 20 bucks a person. I think we could do that. I think we could do that. <laughs> you got to have exact change, though. If you if you pay with a 50, they're keeping it. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> it goes to the big fish pot. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Well, dude, let's just jump right in. Uh, Lake Erie, going out of Sandusky. Is this your first win coming from behind? Uh, it is the first time coming from behind, yeah. How'd that I, feel? It was weird because I never expected uh, never expected to win, to be totally honest with you. I knew that – thank you very much. Hold on one second, guys. Thank you. All right. Um, what are we eating real quick? Coffee, man. Coffee. Okay. Coffee, and Cooper's got a little cake pop thing. There you go. Um, but yeah, I never come. I've never come from behind before. Every other time I won, I felt like you know I was I was either in the lead or at Sturgeon Bay. Of course, the weights start over, but I felt like I was in the lead just because I've been having such a good week up there, and mm-hmm. so I really didn't have like any pressure on me the final day, especially with Josh Bertrand having such a big lead you know i just felt like he was going to be untouchable i really felt like i threw the tournament away on the third day when i only had 18 and a half pounds or 18 and a quarter um but you know it was like Erie, and it's never been famous for you know just amazing smallmouth days you go out there and you can get you know five to a great day would be 12 bites in a day out there and the quality is really good it's just it can be very hard to put together five bites. And that last day, I, you know, I knew that it, anything could happen, with, especially with the weather that we had. Uh, I knew that, you know, anything could happen. But I just expected either him or Wheeler to walk away with it. And I uh, really didn't know until the very end of the day that I even had a chance to win that thing. Well, that's why I'm glad you brought that up. Like, so day three, you had 18, and then both Wheeler, Bertrand, 22-plus. Yeah. Did that, yeah, so did you, that just make yeah. you feel, I mean, not relaxed, but – I mean, you're going out Friday or the final day there. I guess it was Friday. Yep. But, uh, I mean, did you feel just different going out day four than you did, let's say, day two after coming in with a, a big bag on day one? Yeah, when I, you know, I had the lead after day two. And so when I went out on day three and then they bust these giant bags and they take a, they take a lead, it's like, um, you know, you just kind of expect them to continue to keep that going. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, they they caught the two biggest bags of the tournaments. Besides, I think one guy caught twenty four up in St. Clair one day. Yeah. So, but we were all on Lake Erie, and we're all, um, you know, we're all kind of doing the same thing, roughly. Um, but you know, it, it was it was just a crazy final day. I mean, I where I expected to catch him in the morning didn't work out, and I didn't have any pressure, so I was like, well, let's just. Let's move to this next spot. And, you know, there's five and six foot waves rolling in there, and I, I catch a random four pounder, and that was awesome. And then uh, I was like, "Well, I've got one more area, and hopefully it's good. If it's not, we'll go back and catch some largemouth." I mean, that was honestly what I was thinking at that point. Um, you know, I knew I needed to stay out there all day to win, but if it was just going to absolutely suck out there, I didn't want to be out there. Mm-hmm. And if I didn't have to be. And so that third stop I made, it was, it was the right place, man. It was on the Northeast facing side of a shoal. So the wind 
that was hitting it wasn't dirtying the water up. And that's what happened to Bertrand. He was face, he was fishing the southwest side of a shoal. And on top of that shoal, it was six or seven feet of water. Well, those giant waves were muddying that top of that shoal up big time. And it was all drifting. It was all drifting behind the shoal where Bertrand was fishing. So it got real cloudy. And the visibility for the fish got, you know, almost next to nothing for him. And me being on the front side, the northeast corner where the wind was hitting it first, uh, it was pushing all that dirty water on my shoal, you know, to the southwest side. But that's not where I was fishing. I was fishing that northeast side. And it, it really just lined up that that was like the perfect conditions for me on the final day. And when I found those fish in practice, it was a northeast wind. So I knew that, you know, there was an opportunity there to, for there definitely to be some fish there. I just didn't think it was going to be as good as it was. So I'm going to ask you, you mentioned the five and six foot waves. You know, we saw some some crazy pictures and videos coming out of this tournament from different people. So I guess, A, you know, how did the boat handle for you? And then B, have, have you gotten pretty comfortable running in that kind of scenario? Yeah, I really took my time up there. You know, I never got in a hurry. I didn't want stuff breaking. And so I really took my time. Not to mention, I don't want to beat myself up. You know, I don't, I don't care what boat you're in. If you're out there in giant, giant water, uh, if you're driving like an idiot, you're going to beat yourself up. But my boat is, it's unbelievable. You know, like I, I think I've told you guys before, and I'm sure you've heard it from other guys, but every camera guy that gets in my boat, every boat official that gets in my boat, if there's any kind of wind blowing, they're always, they always mention how happy they are to be in a Phoenix. And uh, one, one boat official actually told me, there's like a, you know, a running joke on the rough days between the boat officials of which boats they're in. <laughs> and all of them, you know, are fired up when they get a ride with somebody in a Phoenix. So that's awesome. Uh, I run the 921 Pro XP. It's just insane, insanely impressive. Uh, the performance of that boat in that big water with the Yamaha on it. And uh, yeah, I mean, even after that tournament, I'm like, there's no other boat I would rather run. And as long as you guys make that model, that's the model that I'm running. No, I hear you. But you're a calculated guy when you talked about that, not beating yourself up, not busting up electronics. I mean, you can do some some dumb stuff out there, but it seems like you're making all these decisions uh, and taking away anything that's uh, unexpected, No, nothing that you can't control. Um, is that why you stayed and didn't make that run to St. Clair? Yeah, you know, the run to St. Clair was just too risky. I, I told guys before that tournament started, I said, it will not be won in St. Clair. It just, it can't be. Uh, with, you know, you're talking about basically if you were in a bass tournament and you had to run out in the middle of the Gulf 40 miles, how many days in a row do you think you're going to be able to do that? Mm -hmm. You know, it, yeah, you got 30 miles of river or whatever, but you have 50 miles from takeoff to the mouth of the river. So, and it's across the most open part of Lake Erie. Oh, it's the and, ocean. Yeah, I mean, dude, it's just, there's no way, you know, that you can get four just flat, calm days. And, of course, they didn't. And we actually had the weather as you could probably really have. You know, we were able to finish these. And, you know, it was, I mean, I, I couldn't believe that we were even able to finish all four days. Mm -hmm. Give me a second here, guys. It's okay. Cooper's, uh, he's not feeling so good today, so. 
poor guy. You know, I didn't want to put that risk on the table. I just knew that it wouldn't, it wouldn't work. And, uh, you know, I was right. All, all three guys, first, second, and third, they all were at Lake Erie. Mm-hmm. And uh, that didn't surprise me one bit. Are you surprised a flatworm played again? <laughs> not at all. No. Absolutely not. No, Dude, we should have stock in that right now. Are you now. surprised we can't find any around here? I, I think I bought uh, the only six bags I've seen. I've had guys like at Clear Lake and, you know, other places out in California and stuff. Like, dude, I can't find them. I'm trying to use them for largemouth over here. I'm like, I don't know if that's the same <laughs> as using them for smallmouth on the Great Lakes. But, you know, it's, it is certainly special for smallmouth. There's something to it. Uh, the scent is 100% the factor. That's, mm-hmm. that's the difference maker. Of course, the shape of the bait and the action of the bait is good. But there's a bunch of baits out there with good action and good shape and a drop shot. So really, the the deciding factor that makes that bait different is the scent that it is that's in it. Because those fish eat it so good, and I really truly believe, 100% that it helps them find the bait. Well, smallmouth are notorious, I think, for having scent play more for them. Um, and I've, I mean, definitely a believer on that. As far as the general's concerned, down this way, that uh, that scent definitely will get you more bites. Yeah, I think in general, too, I agree that on smallmouth, you you know, scent is never going to hurt you. And it's really, it's never going to hurt you on largemouth either. But I think there's something scientific, you know, about smallmouth and their sense of smell that it helps them trigger into actually biting at it, whatever it is uh, that you're throwing that has some kind of smell that they that they can smell. You know, in the match scent, the difference with it is it's, it has a thousand pull, you know, thousands of little pores in that bait. So the scent just constantly flows out of it mm-hmm. where regular PVC plastic, it might have scent, but they're really not going to, it's not going to disperse into the water column. It's just going to like stay on that bait. So if they grab it and put it in their mouth, they can taste it, but they really can't smell it uh, as well as they can, you know, a max sand or a gold or something like that. Right. So it's like you got a little mini chum on the bottom of the, the drop shot that's really what it feels like yeah i mean that's really what it feels like i mean did you even re-spool or did you just tie new leaders on after uh sturgeon bay i mean it sounds like you had the same setup i literally just tied new leaders on it was all the exact same now you a fg knot i'm a i'm an alberto knot kind of guy you know i if i break off i can uh retie a drop shot in under a minute wow right you know from leader and everything and that FG knot, you just can't tie it fast enough. Now, I read Bass Fan uh, the other day after your win. You're throwing X5. Well, yeah, why why do you go with X5? I like the X5 because it's a rougher line. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like a four or five carrier braid is not a real, it's not the smoother type of braid like an eight or nine carrier. And that rougher braid on a spinning reel for me is just better because you're tagging on your fluorocarbon knot. Uh, your cuts in your hands, your fingernails, anything like that will start to shred and pick apart at, you know, an eight or nine carrier line. There's a bunch, there's a lot more threads in that line Right. where a rougher texture thread, uh, those little tag ends in your hands, cuts in your hands and fingernails or whatever, are not going to shred that line apart. Interesting. You just pull up basically your spinning rods once a year. 
and then just add leaders? I mean, is that yeah, for the most part, every now and then I'll get a really bad wind knot or something uh, that I have to re-spool. But for the most part, I spool up all my spinning reels at the beginning of the year and I, I don't have to worry about it again. How happy is Berkeley with the performance, not only of you, but most of their pros that have been throwing this flatworm? I mean, this seems like outside of the fire crawl chatterbait from the classic, which I mean was great, but I don't think it really won it like the flatworm's been winning this summer. I mean, they've just got to be so stoked about the, uh, the, I mean, really the boom in sales right now, especially in this given state of the economy. Yeah, I think, uh, well, you know, fishing sales are up across the board. Fishing yeah. license sales are up across the board. But it certainly doesn't help, or it certainly doesn't hurt when you're winning tournaments on a on a sponsor's bait. I mean, that's what they pay you for. And it makes me proud to know that that's what I'm doing, you know, because uh, I don't want to go out there and win on somebody else's bait. It really doesn't do me any good uh, with the relationship that I, that I have with Berkeley, and I wouldn't be with them if I – if I didn't think that I could win tournaments on their bait. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, I won the Delta years ago on a pit boss and then, uh, winning these last couple events on the platform, it's just, it's really cool. It's so hard to win a professional tournament and then to do it on your sponsor's bait, it makes it even that much more special. And it really lets people know, like, you know, Hey, he, he could be full of crap, but he's not because I'm seeing what he's using <laughs> and it's obviously working for him. So, Hopefully it lets people know that I'm being real with them too, you know? Well, and that that's kind of changed the game the last few years. All the live coverage that we have access to, you know, you, you do have to be transparent with people because everybody can see exactly what you're doing. Yeah, there's no doubt, man. People are – they're eagle eyes, man. They, yeah. They'll figure it out. They will. So they I, know what you're throwing. I kind of want to go back to day four weigh-in. First off, I've got to apologize to somebody because I had an interview that – that time and you're coming on stage to weigh in. So I may have been late to get my interview because we were all in the conference room watching, but your reaction when you saw Wheeler's weight come up, it was priceless. I wish I had record going, uh, what was going through your mind and everything whenever you were waiting on that weight to click up on there? Well, honestly, I thought I knew it was going to be really close. And when it settled on 18 pounds, eight ounces, I thought we, we actually tied for about three or four seconds. And, uh, he actually needed 18, nine to tie me. So I was, I was off by an ounce on what I thought. And I, I felt like I lost everything right there in front of me or at least 125 grand. And then when he pushed the button and I stayed on top and Wheeler fell to second and I saw the total weight and the one ounce difference, that's when I lost my mind. Cause I literally went just from the lowest to lows to the highest to highs instantly and i knew josh i knew he had a rougher day so at that point i knew i won and it was just it's an unbelievable feeling i mean it was a big tournament big time tournament uh, 160 grand i've never won that kind of money before and uh you know just to do it that, that close back-to-back smallmouth events um you know we had an event in between but it was it was a shallow water mississippi river deal but back-to-back big time smallmouth events is pretty darn cool that is so you mentioned that 160 grand payout. Does that get you a porterhouse to throw on the Traeger, or what's the next cut of meat we're going to see a video of? We did we did some big um, USDA prime uh, ribeyes that night, right. or the next night once I got home. Now I heard you had gotten some uh, some wagyu too. Do you think that contributed to some yeah, success? Yeah, well, that was actually the night before the win. But I mean, so you were celebrating ahead of time then. 
Well, I, I just wanted to get the guys that I was staying with a nice steak. And, uh, Did you I get that at Dollar Atkins General? And, or and where, where Wesley do you get that? Strader. No, you don't get Wagyu at Dollar General. You sure? Uh, yeah, maybe Piggly Wiggly. But, uh, yeah. no, it, it came in a little fancy uh, like grocery store or whatever up there near the lake. And uh, I wasn't planning on getting Wagyu, but when you go in a grocery store and you see a nice piece of meat like that, it's hard to pass it up. <laughs> Well, I think you'll be having Wagyu for uh, the next couple <laughs> night I'll threes. be saving this money. No, this, <laughs> we celebrated the night I got back, and now it's it's kind of moving on and celebrate. Heck, I don't even have the check yet, so hopefully that comes, and uh, we'll just put it away and put some away for Cooper down the road. Well, that's what I was going to say. How cool is that, a tournament like this, being the super tournament with the payout that it holds? I mean – in reality, you you might could put that in the bank right now and have Cooper's college fund full up. Say that one more time, Brad. I, I said, given that. given the tournament and the payout being the super tournament, you could really put that in the savings right now and have Cooper's college fund paid in full. How cool is that? Oh yeah, it's awesome. It's awesome. I've got a meeting with my uh, with my CPA and a, and a friend of mine that does our you know some of our finance stuff and. Cause I have zero clue when it comes to that. You can ask Tim and uh, we just play around with little, little stocks. We don't know anything about, but the real stuff, you know, you want to invest it right. And I got to make some phone calls with that and make sure we, we do that, you know, put some away for Cooper for sure. And uh, you know, I, my plan with him is, you know, I, I went to college for a little bit, but I, I didn't finish college. I went to junior college and, but what I did have is uh, my grandpa, you know, he had put some money away from all the tournaments we won. And when I bought my first boat right before I went into college, uh, it was a $2,500 boat. My grandpa was able to, you know, he was able to help me out with that. Uh, basically, didn't have to spend all my money on the boat. I spent what we had won when he had been putting it away. So I want to put some money away for Cooper and, you know, when he's responsible enough and I feel like he's deserving of it if he wants to use it for school so be it and if he you know if he wants to use it for something else maybe he wants to start his own business of some kind or whatever uh but you know i want to i want to be able to help him out a little bit when he just when he's trying to get his feet off the ground you know it's tough you know early on in adulthood like that when you move out of your house or you're getting out of high school starting college not sure what you want to do and uh just want to make sure we can definitely help him out when it gets to that point that's interesting. That, that's the same approach we're taking with our kids too, because like you said, I mean, college may not be for everybody or they may have a, a business plan of their own and uh, that's yeah. the same path we're taking. Yeah. And then, you know, if they're not responsible enough at the time, you just say, nah, you, know, you don't even have to tell them you have any money for them. That's you know? right. So you just kind of keep it on the hush hush. And you know, if you're, you know, I remember being that age and I remember being, uh, you know, like really determined and focused on what I wanted to do and, you know, I'd, I'd like to see that in Cooper for sure, but he may, you know, may take him a few more years than it took me or whatever. So, but I'm not going to force him to be a fisherman. He can, he can do what he wants and uh, I'll certainly take him out there and fish. And if he, you know, falls in love with it, like I did, that's great. And I'll support him, but I'll support him no matter what he wants to do. Well, this is kind of perfect. You brought family into it and your, your mom and your granddad, I mean, moved back, well not moved, but moved completely across country to Alabama. Um, do you think that helped with any kind of the success this year that it maybe was some peace of mind that 
Cooper's going to be around family. I mean, Bree's there, but I mean, just that support network, uh, having it closer to you. Yeah, that you asked my mom at a hundred percent. That's why I did kid in these tournaments, but uh, it's a, it's amazing to have them back here. I never thought, you know, when I moved here ten years ago, uh, I thought I was just kind of going to be out here by myself for the rest of my life, you know, and not ever have family out here. So I have my grandparents here, and and of course my mom and stepdad and. Uh, even my sister's living out here right now and it's just, it's really cool to have them all out here and it's been a really fun summer, even though I've been traveling a lot now that things are settling down, you know, I can, I can spend some more time with them, but I still, I've been, I think they're probably already tired of me. I'm over there like every day, you know, at some point when I'm home and not at a tournament and they only live about 10 minutes away from us. They live in, uh, right on Brown's Creek. So it's, it's a really cool spot. That's all. Do you ever take the boat over there and just, are they on the water? Yeah, they're on the water, but they're on in front of the walking trail. But what's Uh, really cool is there's like a little beach spot right in front of their house. Mm -hmm. And I can just pull my boat right up to the bank and get off and walk right up to their house. So they have like waterfront property that they don't have to manage, uh, which is kind of nice. Yeah. That's awesome. What grandpa say when uh, you brought home two different trophies this year? What what was his reaction? He was... I think grandpa, you know, he, he was really excited about the first one. Uh, but he, you know, he was always a blue collar uh, guy and he didn't make a ton of money, but you know, he got by and he made a, a decent living and I, he's, you know, he was born in 1938. They're impressed by the money. So I think the, the FLW one to him was a bigger <laughs> deal uh, just because of how much money it, you know, was won in that one where to me, uh, although the FLW tour win was nice, the Bass Pro tour win was just, uh, that was super special for me because it had been so long. I didn't care about the money as much as just being able to win again. Um, but, you know, I, I took that trophy from this last tournament. I dropped it off in my grandpa's house and uh, it's over there sitting in his office. I told him he can hold on to it for a little while. So I took a picture of it with the other trophies first. thought that was pretty cool and uh, took it, took that trophy over there to grandpa and it's his for now. No, that's cool. Um, I mean, yeah, I gotta say that the, uh, that MLF one, I think emotionally it looked like it meant so much to you because that's a whole different game that you figured out in two years. I mean, you've been fishing five fish your life, but to figure out how to stay on top. And I mean, uh, Brian and I were like, man, should we get him on? I was like, we just talked to him a week ago. This guy's not going to talk to us three times in a month, but it was, I mean, we didn't talk about it. That was impressive. 200 pounds in two days. I mean, freaking nuts, dude. Yeah, that, that was a crazy event. And you know, I, you guys have probably heard it. I said on some other podcasts, that, that was a tournament. I felt like I could win after the practice I had. And part of the reason I said that is because of the fact that there wasn't that many guys fishing around me. You know, I was like, man, I, I stumbled into this gold mine and not that many guys around. Is that really, isn't really going to happen like this so that one worked out this one i didn't have the same expectations after practice um but that one was special man i've gotten my butt kicked a bunch of times on that major league fishing format i just i didn't want to give up on it you know i i knew i'm i could figure it out ultra competitive guy and uh i didn't want that that format to beat me i wanted to eventually beat it and i feel like i started making some strides in the right you know, direction with a good finish in Florida. And then that one at Sturgeon Bay. 
Well, first, I want to clarify. You and Tim must have a different relationship than you and I because you answer any phone or text I send you anytime. So, sorry, Tim. <laughs> but, but with that being said, you talked about that. You got the Bass Pro Tour win. Now you've got the FLW win. You've completed the circle on, on wins in every major series. There, there aren't very many people that can say that. And you're at an early stage in your career. I mean, you're still a young guy. You know, yeah, how, how does I mean, that feel? It's cool. It's really cool. And it is a small collection. There's people saying it's, it's not a small collection. I mean, it, it might be, you know, it's definitely, is it left right here? No, uh, it's, it's take a, a right, it's a, take a right. Turn yeah, right. Take a, I, you don't want me taking a Have right, a journey. right there, I promise you. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a, it's, it's cool to be able to have all those, you know, I didn't, I never thought, uh, I would be able to do that, you know, early on. And even now it's still kind of surreal looking at it cause it all just kind of happened in the last month. But, um, yeah, it's cool. You know, it's, there's other guys that are going to do it too. And Wheeler's already done it. I think Aaron Martins has done it. I think he won a FLW tour at Wheeler like years ago. And then of course elites and Bass Pro tour at table rock last year. So I had those two guys, guys and, uh, Hackney and Ike. We're the only five yeah. that I and you. I mean, that was the only five. There's a lot of guys that have Toyota and EverStart and Costa wins, but to have the FLW Tour win, MLF win, and an Elite, um, and we could even break it down smaller to AOYs. Now yeah. it's just you, yeah. Hackney, Iconelli. Yeah, I mean that's that's, uh, that's pretty cool. That's a that's a cool group to be with. That's for sure. So what, I do have a question on this one. When you got these accolades, you you've got these big major series wins. What, what's your next set of goals? What do you look towards? I don't know. I mean, honestly, probably just keep trying to win, you yeah. know, as far as competition goes. I mean, uh, of course, I have different goals in life. You know, I want to be a, a good dad and a good husband and everything and, and that kind of stuff and spend plenty of time with my family. But as a competitor, uh, it's really hard to, you know, just have any other goal than trying to win. So how did the... every Go ahead. Yeah, I would just say right now my main goal this off season and moving into next year is trying to figure out how to catch cold, dirty water pre-spawn fish better because I do suck at that. <laughs> so how did the trophy collection, how does that fit into the minimalist lifestyle? I know last time we the talked minimum. to you, you were cleaning <laughs> out. Uh, well, everything is in the garage. So, okay. yeah, all my, all my fishing stuff is in the garage. I've got zero fishing stuff in the house. Um and that's kind of, you know, that's where I want it. That's where it belongs. It's cool out there. You guys know I built that new shop for my boat yep. and uh, all my gear, and that's been awesome to have. I told Bree, I said, look what happened. I built this, and I've gotten five checks in a row. So probably need to figure out something else to build that's going to help me with fishing. That's all right. This off season. All right. I hate this question, but I'm going to have to ask it anyway. All right. All these trophies, do any of them mean more to you than the other? I think the AOY trophy is definitely the most important, you mm, know, it's, uh, I, I didn't win an event that year, but to be the, the most consistent angler all year long with that field that year, you know, that was before everybody split up. That was a big deal. And, uh, that's still, that, that will probably, you know, so, uh, it'd be hard for me to say that that probably won't be the most important one ever, you know, mm. because, it was my first one and to do it at, you know, a couple of years ago, pretty young age and everything. It was, it was really cool. Really, really cool. That's like a lifelong goal. And then to achieve it, it's like, Oh, like where, where do we go from here? You know, right. I know I still need to win a, I still need to win a championship of some kind. And that's certainly a goal. Um, 
you know, but Hey man, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm a realist. It could, it could never happen. It could happen. It might happen when I least expect it. We'll just see, you know, I, I just, I just love going out there and fishing tournaments and I'm okay. With, like I said before, I'm okay with getting my butt kicked as long as I can come back at some point and, uh, you know, dominate a little bit or, or catch them up pretty good at times. You know, that's all that matters to me. So I'm going to, I'm going to piggyback on Tim's question out of all those trophies, which one's the heaviest? Hmm. Probably that new Bass Pro Tour one. Yeah. That thing is heavy. That thing looked legit. Yeah, that's a big trophy. A double seat belter. I think it's the coolest looking one out of all of them. Yeah, it's like it's it's freaking cool looking, and it's heavy. Well, I know you got to go, man. But answer two things for us real quick. One, yeah, is it a UFO you. or a channel buoy? Dude, I I think it's a UFO. It's man made or mm-hmm. space made. Who knows? But uh, Gray Buck went back out there, and it's definitely not a channel marker, he said. He dropped the camera on it. He's like, I don't know what it is, but it's man-made. I'm like, okay. (laughs) So we'll we'll leave that to debate. We need to dive. We need to send somebody dive down there because it's only like 18, 20 feet deep. Oh, man, you could almost snorkel down there. Yeah, I'll get right on that. Yeah. All right, last thing, stock. What do we need to look for? What's the next one? In what? What's the In next what? stock? What's the next stock we, we need? Need some hot tips. What's oh, the lead? You don't want my hot tips. I the last one that I got a hot tip on <laughs> just dropped about fifty percent. So I'm I'm done with that. <laughs> you've you've had fishing. some good ones though. I mean, you and I have talked some. I had you? a couple of good ones, but they were just hot tips. They're not not, not my pickings. Well, let's find out who uh, owns the scent and makes it for Max Scent if they got any stocks open because <laughs> that's got to be yeah. through the roof right now. Yeah, it's it's good, man. It's a real deal. Catfish love it too. I caught a bunch of catfish up there in practice. <laughs> oh wow. Well, dude, man, we appreciate it. Uh thanks for taking time as always. I know you got family stuff going on, but uh appreciate it, buddy. All right, guys. Thanks for having me. Uh, Congrats, appreciate man. It, see you. Yeah, I'll see you guys soon. I'm gonna come up soon. All right, looking Bye. forward to it. Bye. All right. Bye. Bye.